BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. We had a started. tornado. Okay. No, go ahead. That's the what? No, you, live, not you live in South Florida. How did you have a tornado? Yeah, uh, yeah, tornadoes. Not like Tornado Alley, but fairly frequently. Yeah, they're actually Do you really? touchdown. Oh, aren't they? So those are the water spouts, though, right? They're not really hurting anybody. You just kind of go take your boat over to one of them and it stops and it, it. And go for a ride. Yeah, actually, it, it touched down like literally within a block of where I used to work and damaged some uh, an apartment complex that was near there. There's, pit, there's a few pictures of like a car on top of another car. So you may be getting some – you won't get calls from there, but I mean your company may be getting some phone calls. Um, and actually broke out a window. Twelfth man rising in our office. Yeah, pretty weird, right? Hey, one uh, of the UDFA's. He ain't gonna make it to Seattle. I mean, he'll be late. He's okay. He's speaking of, I'm right actually, actually gonna write an article on uh, UDFA. Oh, I, so I did that later. So no, 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 yeah, not on. I saw that, but I mean, just on the history of UDFA's, and that odds are at least one well, or two. Have any, don't be. have anybody that ever worked out who was a UDFA. <laughs> <laughs> right it's like half of their quarterbacks well i i, I, I should jump in i didn't want to sound like arrogant like oh i've already written that article here's the idiot lee is so i always usually do the udfa article right, right. every every year yeah. and um at 12th men rising we've both been at 12th men rising for a long time um but i usually write i'm thinking oh okay yeah, i can wait till the morning you know because usually they don't really start doing a whole lot of stuff until sunday right and if you look at most teams they haven't really yet i'm sure the seahawks and the, the one seahawks other random team how long, how long was it after the draft was officially 20 like minutes an hour I, I don't, I don't yeah know maybe 20 minutes yeah it was insane so but yeah. then i was like oh, okay fine i'll just <laughs> i'll still get to it in the morning and then um it'll be like eight or nine boom done they, they've signed more than 20 already. Yep. yep. And so I, I was like, holy the, shit. And so, right? yeah, so it's a 1,210 page or word uh, UDFA article that I currently, and there's only three sentences per UDFA along with the three yeah. intro paragraphs. I, I think you're correct on the 1,210 page. Yeah, I felt that's like about that. what it, that's about what it, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I was, don't write. Well, very I was, quickly, yeah. right? More quickly than I do. We were talking about this in pre-pro. Hi, Ted. But 
that's a lot of writing to get done. I don't care if it's just a you know a short paragraph per. Especially I mean, for just... players, I have no idea who they are. I'm like, okay, right. All right, I feel like I'm sprinting through this. So I mean, they they and I was like, well, and, and, and you know, you can only I only it's all one page, so it's not like you have to scroll through several pages or whatever. I didn't do a page right. per UDFA. That would be commitment. But so I I started <laughs> I did like three. Twitter announcements. Okay, I'll put it there. That looks good. And then I realized I can't not do it with the other ones. I think there's right. two I couldn't because I couldn't find anything. But I was just like, this is ridiculous. I, I this is crazy. But if you look at if you search yeah. whenever, still probably whenever you're listening to this podcast, even if it's we're recording this on Sunday, but even if it's Monday, yeah, there'll be more. The, uh, other teams may have four or five. Uh, they literally have more than 20. But if you look at the ESPN size, like, oh, six, go anywhere else, including 12th Moon Rising, and you'll see, like, all the reported – I mean, yeah. they're all signed. I think. It was just, like, insane. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, and so, so, sorry to – let me finish with yes. this real fast. Bob Condota of the Seattle Times, he Brilliant. smartly put out that you can, of course, have up to 90 players on a roster. Well, after the draft, the Seahawks only had 62, which means they could right. sign 28 yeah, I was like, oh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> yes, we appreciate you taking that job. And before I started this rambling discussion, I'd forgotten that even though you had already said, hey, we're recording, so this is what our six people are, because there's going to be twice as many people because this is the immediate post-draft story. So, uh, so yeah, From I decided two to, to four to kill the lead when we should be talking about the draft and starting talking about undrafted free agents, but... Do you know lead yeah. was spelled L-E-D-E? I did. That's so weird. It is weird. It's not as a good I, word for dyslexics. As, as I tell, yeah, because they would see it as idle. Um, I would, as I tell students virtually every day, English is the worst language on the planet because it follows <laughs> every rule possible, which means there's almost no rules. I mean, there are, but... Like, oh, because oh, it's like, oh, I will take this from German. Exceptions. Yeah. We'll yeah. take a bunch from German. Then we'll borrow some stuff from Spanish and mm-hmm. Latin and then eh, French or eh, we'll just kind of we'll still keep the French. We'll keep the French and, and we'll then apply Bulgarian. Rules. Yeah, why not? And, and then the language constantly changes and evolves because of social media. Like one word. I know it shouldn't bother me, but when people say, oh, that's just cringe. It's like you're not using that word correctly. <laughs> But but it is now because that's common usage and it's just you know that's what it is. It, no, it's cringe worthy. But okay, go with it. It's cringe, whatever. To me, it's cringe when people write cringe like that way. But yeah, back to the undrafted free agents. Thank God that in the article that I'm working on, which is because I I knew you would be doing the actual heavy lifting of all the undrafted free agents for this season. I didn't I checked, expect it to be heavy lifting again. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Because normally it's going to be like ten. Which is plenty. Right. Right. Yeah, but like you said, it could be Didn't it used to be capped at like eight or something? Eight or nine? I think so. Something like that. But eight no cap now. Um so somebody said, Oh, you know, well let's take a look at the undrafted free agents they've had in the past and and offhand twelves you got you know, twelves knows like yeah, they've had a lot of success, but they've had a phenomenal amount of success success with undrafted free agents. But the, the trick is it's only usually like one or two a year. And and Which is still a lot. Which yeah, and, and the most of them, most of them won't even make the practice squad. We know that. 
But practice. <laughs> but you do that so that you can get an angry duck or I don't know, half of the quarterbacks who are any good in your history is like I had completely forgotten about like, oh, yeah, Dave Craig was an undrafted free agent. How did that work? Kitna, an undrafted. Free and oh, Dave Craig, when it was still like a million rounds, too, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like this. Not in the days of the seven rounds. Warren Moon. I mean, you know, I was like, what the heck? How does that well, happen? Well, we know why Warren Moon. Was. Yes, we do. But I mean, still, legitimately. So they've had a, and and one name that I had forgotten, which I will talk a little bit about. Right, I won't talk about it in the article because it's not audio, but I will write about it a little bit. Is uh, Nate Boyer was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. And uh, he didn't make huge contributions as far as on the field, but he certainly has had an impact on the NFL in general. And if you want to know why, well, I have no idea why you're listening to us because you already know why. But, yeah, there have been a lot of uh, huge success stories. So the trick is trying to figure out, of course, that's why the Seahawks got him too, is which ones are going to be this year's. Uh, success stories is like probably the this year's model now. that's right this year's elvis costellos um so <laughs> um so i i want to jump on that a little bit just for a minute just for a second just just for a tad bit of time just a smidge of time just a cringe of time and say um that's a, uh, <laughs> so i should probably edit that out but eh, too lazy <laughs> Yeah. Too lazy. One, too lazy. One, that's our motto. That's right. Too lazy. Too it. lazy. One UDFA. I didn't say that in Latin. We need to do that. Yes. Anyway. I think that's what it is in Latin. Too lazy. Too lazy. Um, one UDFA. Sounds like is, a drink. <laughs> does actually. Uh, who ends up in our Rob Gordon's on my Rob Gordon's list as far as five favorite NFL yeah. player, football players of all time. Yeah. Was a UDFA. But not yep. a Seahawks UDFA, even though he later joined the Seahawks. So, Ooh, interesting. yes, yes, can't have kittens all the time. So, um, you just got a whole list of UDFA quarterbacks for the Seahawks, right? It's like, uh, Tavares yeah, Jackson, he's good. So, um, actually, Jackson could have been drafted. Yep. Uh, we should go yeah, back for people thing. listening to that didn't know what we were talking about with Warren Moon. It's because he's black when he came out of college. If he were playing now with the arm oh, he has now, he's chosen early in the draft probably. But at the time, he was yeah. he had the the bad thing of being black, a black quarterback in the NFL, and and made it known that he did not want to be converted to a wide receiver like virtually every other right. black quarterback. Doug, Doug Williams should be sainted, basically. Indeed. So. Um. Yeah, because we I mean, we still have a long way to go in this country, but at least the NFL figured out, oh, you know what? We can win with African-American quarterbacks. Maybe we should have done that. I mean, the, you yeah. go back and you think, how much better would the game be now if they had thought logically uh, 40 years ago and thought, you know, this African-American quarterback, he's probably pretty good. We should play. I mean, the game would be so much better right now than it was, except for racism. Yeah, indeed. Let's talk about your favorite position because as we were going back and forth during the oh. draft, all three days of the draft, I would text to Lee's like, ah, do you think they'll go for this? And Lee's response would be long snapper. 
Yes, and they got one. A good <laughs> one. They got a, a good one. A great one. Yeah. Chris Stoll of Penn State. Yep. Who won the what Peyton Manning <laughs> Long Sniper Award, whatever the guy's <laughs> name Close is. Close enough. Patrick Manley. I uh, have no idea who Patrick Manley was. I am, I'm, I'm assumed he's someone who could throw backwards really far. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, yeah, he won that award as the, the top long snapper in college and a captain on the team. And as you wrote, and I quote, that says a lot about how other players respect him. Uh, the guy's yeah. a snapper and he's a captain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, they, okay. they actually got two. And you're talking about UDFA's. Again, right. because they signed a – you don't need to draft a long snapper. No offense right. to that no, you don't. specific spot. But they, they actually drafted two – I don't know if you noticed this, but two – or they signed as UDFAs two Penn State guys, both of whom were captains in 2022 for Penn State, which I thought oh, – okay. I thought so, this was a lot. So basically every player is a team captain. I see how they play. Yeah, everybody everybody gets an award. Actually, it, that would be an interesting article, which one of us will write. And since you write 10 times as much as I do, it'd probably be you. But I'm I, actually I'll look into it because you'll do 20 other articles. How many team captains did they draft and or sign? I'm thinking I, I, I think the over under is eight. I'm serious. Because yeah. I swear it's like every, you know, it's like, oh, he's a team captain. Cool. Oh, he's a team captain. Cool. Oh, <laughs> yeah, screw it. We're not taking Jalen Carter because of this. But instead, we're going to do this, and the locker room's going to be a lot better for it. And I'm sure you saw this quote from Pete, but they said they they tag players. Well, they have little tags that mean this and this. They have just like the little symbols, which I would love to see that list of like this is. It's the Prince symbol. A buzzword, <laughs> and they're all looking at it and it's like, I don't know what that means. Um, but they said virtually every player that they wound up drafting had the little symbol for tough. Like, interesting that they got a room full of guys who are, you know, just who can handle the pressure, basically, who stay in the game. That's what they're talking about. They're not talking about it's like, oh, they go down and beat up Girl Scouts, which would be the least tough thing you could possibly do. Uh, but interesting that that is a quality that, they consistently were looking for, um, and and like combined with a team captain thing, which realistically maybe it's five, but that's still a huge uh, amount of players, number of players that would come out that way. So uh, completely aside from the talent they got, which is incredible, they they still managed to get character guy, character guy, character guy. I mean, it's. This absolutely phenomenal draft, I think. And mm-hmm. just you look through some of the guys that they got on the UDFAs, and you're seeing all of the same qualities, which is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, when they and we'll get into the draft in, in just a second, actually. But when they, because um, I, th- I thought the draft was, well, let's go ahead and get into it. Because my, the one, one argument I had had nothing to do with John Schneider or Pete Carroll was <clears> – <throat> I'm a Seahawks fan, but it was with the Seahawks fan base because I can't. I put this in one of the articles that was written this this uh, weekend of the thousands the site put up, um, which was we had a lot of complaints from 12s about halfway through the draft, which is kind of like standing up and complaining about a movie halfway through the movie, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, we we don't know. Oh, this movie sucks. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, first of all, it didn't suck. 
and and they did the like the the meme of Brian Cranston doing the mic drop with the seventh pick and seventh round pick they got. I thought that was like, boom. I mean, that's a perfect. And <clears throat> for those who don't know, the seventh round pick was Kenny McIntosh running back from Georgia who can do all kinds of things. And because the running back position is so undervalued in the NFL currently, if we go back fucking 40 years, McIntosh is third round pick, second round pick. Maybe? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the same thing. Second, third round pick, which is not, we're not saying he's the best back in the draft. Not at all. That was that sharp enough. How, however, however, yeah, we'll get to Mr. Charbonneau, and it's not Chardonnay, and I mean, people were legitimately writing this, not as not in a mocking oh, manner. It's like, oh my god. Anyway, Charbonneau is not that weird of a name. I know that's the weird thing. And a lot of people, and a lot of people were Charbonneau, and I was like, come on, man, just you just saw the name. Um, I think it's Charbonnet. Yeah, it's pretty much char bonnet, which people should go with that. It's like, yeah, it's like you go out to the backyard on the 4th of July and you fire up the char bonnet and you're good to go. Um, <laughs> but for this guy, for us to land this guy in the seventh round is ridiculous because he, he is he, – he can be a short yardage back, a uh, good blocker, awesome which receiver. Which is extremely important. Yes, awesome receiver out of the backfield. Uh, Played at a small school in college, probably wasn't well coached. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's probably the steal. And I am only saying that's probably the steal of the draft for the Seahawks because Seahawks did really, really well in this draft. I mean, we can't say their first round pick was the steal of the draft because he was the fifth pick overall. But man, they got a lot of talent. But Macintosh in the seventh round is like, that's just Grant Larson, man. Absolutely. Yeah, DJ Dallas is the old guy in the in the running back room. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? He's almost too old for that group. Yeah, it's um, which is sounds like a joke, but it almost does. Yeah. I mean, they they clearly they they came into the draft needing a bunch of different need that had a bunch of different needs, mm-hmm. and they addressed all of them. For, from their point of view, I know a lot of people are like, oh, they need a quarterback. They don't need a quarterback. Geno's good. Stop the Geno hate. I see a lot of that, too. Geno sucks. Does he? <laughs> what do you see from yeah, Geno in 2022 that makes it? Uh, you probably think Patrick Mahomes sucks, too. So I, I don't really know what you want. Yeah. What did you see from Geno in 2021 that would make you say that? Not, yeah. it, nothing. So when he had the opportunity, he was uh, at best, I'm sorry, at worst, solid. It's like, would it have been nice to get a quarterback? Without a doubt, last year. Easily. Would it have been nice to get a quarterback? Of course it would have been nice to get a quarterback. But you know what? There's going to be more quarterbacks next year. It's funny how the draft works. There's always like another year coming. Yeah. And I kept saying things about Will Levis and the little 12th Men Rising group chat that we have for Mm -hmm. Apple users, which... uh, Excludes me. Thanks a lot. Which excludes a couple of important (laughs) people, I will say. Um, And I didn't set that up. Um, and yeah. I wish it would change. And there's a couple of people who don't even write for the site, but they were, I kept saying, not Will Levis, not Will Levis. Oh, but yeah, Levis is, yeah. I'm like, I, no, I live near Knoxville, Tennessee. I've seen the guy play if, right. if, and I kept saying Will Levis and he fell to the second round. I'm not the, the sharpest tool in the shed. NFL teams knew something was up with him. He didn't have any character issues. I mean, maybe he's arrogant. Okay. He's a quarterback, 
There's nothing. Right. He's not a bad dude. No. But he fell to the second round, which tells you they they have even more awareness of the concerns about him, which is he's yeah, he's got a great arm. So did Josh Rosen. There's lots of quarterbacks who have great arms, but and they oh his talent. No, no, no. Look at some of the interceptions he threw last year. That had nothing to do with the receiver. There was that one they showed. um, Seahawks didn't get him, but that Mississippi State uh, cornerback who only weighs like 165 pounds. I'm not joking. He weighs about that much. But the one thing on ESPN during the draft, they were showing him an interception against Levis. Levis threw threw the ball straight to the guy. It's like that's what Levis does. He may end up being, hopefully he'll be well coached and be like, this is what, if he went to the Broncos, Levis would probably be pretty good because Sean Payton would be like, nah, you right. ain't playing until you fix this. Yeah. And, but he needs to be aware of, I mean, cause you can't, you can, you can't coach what's inside your head. You can't really coach arm strength either. Right. But this guy is like, anyway, they didn't, the bottom line is the Seahawks didn't need a quarterback. They didn't get hooker. I would have loved. Hooker I would have been thrilled third to third get round. hooker. Right. Yeah. But they hated, they did traded trade it back but they didn't need a quarterback they've got Gino for three years under contract if he doesn't work out in 2023 address it next year get drake may i joke because he'll be gone but um you know uh, you can address it the next year heck maybe yes. Drew locks the next quarterback for all we know but it's, exactly exactly i mean he didn't beat out Gino in the competition when it was obviously an open competition but that doesn't mean that he can't play yeah, so I think them taking yeah. a not taking quarterbacks is a lot more about Drew than it does Gino, because it's like okay, we don't, yeah, we don't Why would we need a quarterback if absolutely. Gino gets hurt? We've got Drew. It tells you a lot about their draft acumen as well, because could they have taken? Yeah, there were there were quarterbacks available later, but do we really need a quarterback or do we need this? It's like you have two. I mean, you've got Gino, and you've got a guy that you wanted that was part of the package when you traded away, Mr. Uh, Unlimited, and who found out he had a lot of limits, after, as it turned out. But <laughs> and I'll get back to that in a second. But, yeah, it's like that shows that they have confidence in Drew Locke. It's not so much that they have confidence in Gino. We know they have confidence in Gino. They gave him a new contract, for God's sakes. That pretty much tells you they have confidence in Geno Smith, right? But and and they've never not shown that over the what last right. three or four years because every time they bring them back, exactly. they bring them, if, if they didn't think Gino was any good, they wouldn't have had him being back up to Russell. Exactly. And if they thought Gino wasn't any good after trading Russell last year, they would have gone for a quarterback. They believe in Gino and they have a right to. People need to stop doubting Schneider and Carroll. Right. I, I'm sorry. There's lots of other teams out there who are a lot less successful since 2010. Just ask the Jets. And and you've got the oh you know Schneider blah 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 Carol, people get spoiled on success. Yeah, they've yeah. won one Super Bowl. They've been to two. They could make another under Schneider and Carol. But uh, give them the benefit of the doubt. They exactly. know what they're doing. Yeah, they do. Absolutely, they do. Shall we run down the? Uh, oh, I was going to ask this real fast because uh, yeah. I know Todd is also a Dolphins fan, but that's okay their AFC team. Were you thinking after pick four for the Dolphins that they were like, yeah, they've got four picks that seem to only be choosing from two different colleges. 
frankly, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to their picks. Honestly, I really didn't because their owner is such a moron and evil person that he destroyed their draft this year. So I was like, yeah, okay. Did you go kicker in the third round? I don't think you did that. I would have gone kicker in the third round. I mean, there was a meme of Mike McDaniel. Scores the most points. Of Mike McDaniel. And it was like, basically, it's like Will Levis, except he knew this was coming. So he's just kind of sitting back. It's like, I don't know if he should have had a Rubik's Cube with him or something, because it's like, he ain't doing anything in the first round. Like, yeah, cool. Glad you guys are having fun. This is awesome. Oh, let me oh, let me call the boss and thank him again for the fact that I get to sit here on camera for an entire day doing nothing. This is the yeah. best day of my life. So, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, seriously, I literally did not pay much attention to to what the Dolphins did because their entire draft was screwed up. And Obviously, you can get great talent in the later rounds. Yeah, as we I, will I say, they got some good players actually. They, they did, but <laughs> when when you lose the the first pick and enti- your first pick entirely because your owner is a complete moron, and he's demonstrated that for decades in lots of ways. This is just one of the few times that they penalize the entire organization for it, and they should. They should have. It's like, yeah, you're penalizing the fans, and they don't deserve it. What they don't deserve is a horrible owner. That's what they don't deserve. So anyway. Yeah. So yeah, yay dolphins go, but <laughs> didn't pay any attention to their draft because I knew their draft. They, they didn't have any picks to begin with anyway. And then they have their first pick right. taken. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess I yeah. Uh, but I'm, I mean, they're still a they're still a good team. But. Oh yeah, a very good team. And depending on Tua's health. They could be an excellent team. That's the funny thing with with the trade of Hi Ted, of uh, the the ancient, it's not the ancient Mariner, but the, the ancient Packer, <laughs> moving on to the Jets. Uh, it'll be interesting because he doesn't like young players. He likes veteran players. He's made that clear before. Um, he's also made it clear that he doesn't like anything that doesn't go exactly the way he wants it. Uh, so the, the chemistry in the locker room will be will be interesting. I know they got Aaron Rodgers and OBJ yeah. <laughs> like in yeah. New York. Yeah, That's, like, and people keep pointing that out, but I think they're 100 percent correct. It's like, oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers can be Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. New York is a different story that he may be about to find out. Yeah, uh, and if he plays like he did last season, yeah, he had an injury and all the rest of it. But, you know, it's the same thing. People keep on saying, it's like, oh, if you had a chance to get him, why wouldn't you get him? So if I could get him from 2010, yes, I would. Hmm, what year is this? It's like he's not the same player. You know, the the whole thing about, oh, why don't we get this guy? Why don't we get that guy? Is because he's not that guy anymore. Hello? Mm -hmm. Right. Eddie Lacy. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, let's uh, go. Once again, I will cop to the fact that I was excited about the Eddie Lacy uh, pickup. I actually was. You can find proof of that on 12mindrising.com, <laughs> much to my chagrin. I have not deleted it. Oh, yeah, I, I, just, yeah. I actually reference it. Every every year I reference it. Just like just to prove that I'm kind of an idiot, I thought Eddie Lacy was going to be an awesome pick. I don't know. I had Bosworth <laughs> number one overall on my big board. So, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a so, um, I mean, Mel Kiper. And just that he knows a lot more about football than we do. Does he, he had Will Levis way high. Does he right? though? That's what makes you wonder something. Because every once in a while, and he does obviously, he, but every he, but he he every year he latches onto somebody and is like, 
Yep. What are you thinking, dude? <laughs> what are yep. you thinking? It's like they watch the game films that the team sends out, and they don't actually just watch random parts so you can see what the guy's really like. It was like, again, you know, during the draft, they were showing us like, look at this beautiful throw. They didn't show a throw that you mentioned. It's like, oh, let me find – where's that DB? Where? Oh, there he is. Let me throw it right to him. Well, you know, and Kuiper was saying before the draft, he was like, yeah, you know, I mean, he does that kind of stuff. But then NFL teams are going to be watching, you know, they they see the arm talent, stuff like that. Dude, it's not just they have to produce on the field, too. They can't just make stupid mental decisions, which is what he does. People, they, they get so hung up on arm talent. You know what I want? I want brain talent. That's what I want in my quarterback. You know, how how often do you have to throw 60 yards in the air? It's legitimately. How often do you have to make that throw? If you can, that's awesome. You know what I want? I want the guy who can find the guy who's 15 yards away and has two defenders on him and puts it in that guy's hands. Yeah, or realize or, or realize that's the situation and find the guy who's open. Yeah, or if I had been, I've never, I'm, I'm completely indifferent to the Indianapolis Colts, but they took Richardson at number four. He's not going to be ready to play this year, I would think. But I would be a lot happier still with Richardson than I would with Levis because, yes. to me, Richardson comes in, he he has a strong arm. He doesn't show the same kind of even accuracy currently on middle routes that Levis does. Right. But that kid seems like I'm open to learning. Whatever you want to teach me, I'm One. here. And Levis is like, I kind of got it figured out. I've got the arm talent. Richardson's like... 100%. Yep. Richardson is the definition of coachable. What do you want? Exactly. In the NFL? Coachable. Yep. And, and Levis played at Kentucky and thinks he knows everything. It's like not to besmirch the University of Kentucky football program. He but started it sucks. off at Penn State, though, known for their great quarterbacks. <laughs> Todd Blackledge. Um, <laughs> you know, when, when players come in with that kind of an attitude, it's like, you can go to another team. You're right. And that's like, exactly what happened. Exactly. Uh, 31 times because the Dolphins didn't get their chance. Uh, so, you know, I just – if you earn it on the field in the NFL, completely different. But don't come in when you when you were with a, a mid-level program like Kentucky. And, yeah, you had some really good games and you had some horrific games. Yeah. Like. Come on, dude. Tennessee game, Tennessee's a better team than Kentucky last year, right? But at the same time, anybody that goes back and watches the early part of that game, and Tennessee destroys Kentucky, but go back and watch the first half of that game. The reason Kentucky is so far behind is Will Levis. Yeah. It's not his receivers. It's not his blocking. It's that, oh, I'll throw it to that guy. I completely missed the linebacker that's right in the I – mean, he's not seeing the field. That's a concern. But anyway, Will Levis went to whichever team he went to. So who did he end up with? Now that I think about it, I can't even remember. Titans, oh. uh, which, oh. you know, blah. Um, on to the players that matter. Yeah, on to the players that matter. So uh, we uh, we only have a limited amount of time, not the rest of the uh, year. So um, <laughs> we'll just kind of let's break this down a little bit by early picks and late picks. So. The first round. Of t- I'm sorry, you said break it down. <laughs> oh, I was like, what is that? Did you drop something? Um, 
I did. I dropped the beat. Oh, yeah. Wait for the just like dubstep. So um, in the first round. You're, you're going to cut that part, right? Because that was horrible. OK, which, so which part? The dubstep my comments? No, or the, no, my my. I can't cut any of it. It's oh, this shows as live as it could filter? be. Isn't there a filter when you can go by like the frequency so you could just like remove my voice entirely? That would be. Yeah, that means I have to actually look through it. Yeah. No, no, it just be some, you know, some AI, some chat GP uh, magic. Yeah. It's like, let me get the stupid comments out. And it's like, uh, it's a two minute show. Anyway. I'll, I'll say this before we get into the pick. So, so I know KJ did the, the pick 52, right? And yeah. that was cool. But Tyler Johnston <laughs> doing the fourth round pick was my favorite. So people don't don't if they were like, oh, who's this guy? Random Canadian walking out. He's uh, he's he's been in several things that I've seen, but he's uh, he's on Letterkenny and he's the kind of the lead skid, I guess, as you will. He is his his character on that is like iconic and it's clearly different than how he is as a person but he plays the role so well it's just like blah so and in the wonders i don't know if you saw nfl canada which is like the twitter handle of nfl in canada they uh, will be seeing more of it in the future yeah well that's true very true um, they actually tweeted out. They were like, "Oh, you know, Tyler Johnston did the pick," and and they said, "Wondrous," and it's because it's like <laughs> you just have to see the show. So anybody who hasn't seen the show, and it's just like, so so when I was watching it, and and my family's in the back, um, because they're tired of watching the draft as much as I am, even though we get paid to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was like, oh, the Seahawks, um. F- one of Canada's own. Oh, this is kind of cool. You know, I mean, the Seahawks have a strong brand in Canada, especially British yeah. Columbia, right? Um, I was like, oh, who is this? Probably Brian Adams or something. But um, anyway, he's from Vancouver. I didn't just make that up. But um, and, uh, Tyler John, I was like, my brain was like, what is what is happening? So I was like running around like Jim Valvano after the NCAA <laughs> championship game. Like, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I'm having to run to the back. God, oh, come, come, out, come out here. I was so excited. And then Todd, of course, I'm texting Todd. And Todd was like, did you ever hear the pick? Nope, not at all. I have no clue. No clue. They could have gone with a punter. I would have been like, it's Ty- Tyler Johnson. He's a, he's a nuts. I was so excited. Yes, yes, you were. It was so so awesome. Um, Second best part of the draft was pick number five. Oh, you got really soft there for some reason. I don't know why. So that's what she said. (laughs) I guess Um, it's hard to hear what she says. Yeah. Um, Uh, Anyway, so in the first round, uh, the Seahawks, the team that matters, the uh, the record that matters. Yes. Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba um, with the so cornerback wide receiver. And a lot of people didn't like the cornerback thing. We talked about this on the podcast two weeks ago about, yeah. you know, like we're not n- none of us know enough about what the Seahawks are going to do, because as you've rightfully pointed out, nobody, no team really knows post pick one what they're going to do because you don't know what the team ahead of you is going to do right exactly exactly so witherspoon we did talk about like that would be a great pick i was kind of i was still shocked a little bit that they went with cornerback number one instead of going with somebody else but witherspoon appeared with uh, Tariq woolen yes is potentially the best corner cornerback duo in the nfl for years to come 
that gives them and the to me the only other choice would have been uh wilson the edge rusher at that point because and the kicker from nc state and then the kicker from nc state so yeah now the seahawks i mean if witherspoon plays as well as everybody who's ever watched football expects develops into can i interrupt you for just one second they're announcing the pick and my girlfriend donna is is watching it as well and she's like, oh, Devin Weatherspoon. I don't, I don't, you know, Will Anderson. She knows, she knows enough to know like Will Anderson and stuff like that. Right. I don't know. And they start, they start showing the highlights. The first, the highlight that everybody knows, Weatherspoon, that right. first play of Indiana, in yeah. against Indiana. And I was just like, just wait for it. And she was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, yeah, yes. Yeah, this 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 dude is kind of like Richard Sherman and kind of like Cam Chancellor and uh, except, it, except it, he's it, Stanley Tucci sized. <laughs> yeah. He, he's not, he's not large, but he hits like he is. And he's got terrific coverage skills. So basically the Seahawks now have two sh- absolute shutdown corners. Where are you going to go? So uh, it would have been great to get an edge rusher. Like up, basically, it would have been great to get Will Anderson Jr. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That one guy. If he had but, been there, that's the pick. But he was absolutely, gone. Absolutely. But he was gone. So again, it's like okay, if this happens, here's scenario B, and this is what we go with. This is the best available pick for our team. Like, did the Seahawks already have good corners other than Talik the Freak? Of course they do. But, but. They didn't have a guy with Spoon's talent. It's like, oh my gosh. So, yeah, I love that pick. It's not what I expect. Probably not what anybody expected, including the Seahawks. But he was there, and does he make the team better? (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. Absolutely a great value. Even at the fifth pick, overall, that's a great value. 100%. It's by far the the highest they've chosen a cornerback, and they wouldn't have done it if they didn't 100% believe the guy's going to be great. Yeah. And and there's nothing to think. He had one great year in college and the rest of the time. But that's what college is. It's like growing up, right? Well, you know what? Todd wasn't so good in first and second grade, but third grade really came in. Well, that's the point, right? (laughs) You get better as you get older. Um, yeah. It's all also one of those things that, that kind of aggravated me a little bit as far as post draft or post pick. You know, people are commenting on like, "Oh, they nailed it." I and and I half jokingly texted Todd that because I forgot I even did it. If you want to know yeah. the truth, um, as far as far as uh, five bold predictions of what would the Seahawks would do in the 2023 draft, and and my last bold prediction was they would go with cornerback and it would be Devin uh, Witherspoon, sure. and, uh, and but. I would never say, well, look what I know. I didn't, I don't know crap. Nobody p- doing mock drafts knows crap. They didn't, right. nobody nailed anything. It's yeah. just like we put out a, a million articles like, oh, a million players could be great fit. Oh, wait, that one I was right on. I'm right. It's like, yeah, I exactly. had no clue. I'm, I'm I, happy they did it. I'm, I love the pick. I love Witherspoon being in Seattle. I didn't know what I was talking about, but I'm, I, li- I love the pick. I literally did 50, 50 mock drafts. And never got around to publishing it because there was so much work to do. And I'll still use it to compare what I did to what actually happened. I did not take Witherspoon in a single pick because I figured he would be gone. So I love the pick. First round, what do you need? You have to 
draft game changers in the first round. You have to. Dude is a game changer. Literally will be a game changer. Yeah. So you um, need a nose tackle. You're not going to take a nose tackle on the first round. No. Right. Exactly. But exactly. Uh, and so they needed they needed a cornerback. They need uh, Mike Jackson actually was really good last year. But yeah, exactly. I don't know how he's going to be long term. But Witherspoon, even if Mike Jackson is really good, Witherspoon's an upgrade potentially. Uh, a pro bowler year after year after year. Exactly. Hey. That's the thing. Did they really need a cornerback? No. But did they need an absolute shutdown corner? Yes. Yeah. And, an and potentially he's better than Woolen. And Woolen was fantastic. And, and here's the other exactly. thing that bothered me is like, oh, they, they're not addressing the defensive line. They effing addressed it in free agency. Right. They addressed the linebacker group in free agency. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. It's like, oh, they're not doing this. They got Draymond Jones. He's as good as getting a first-round draft pick. Yes. You re-signed exactly. Jaron Reed. And and we'll get to the other picks in a minute. And now I think that one of those guys specifically really fills a role. But it's not like they haven't done anything. Right. That's, that's, that's the weird part. And just like, oh, they need a center. They signed Evan Brown, who was really good with the Lions in 2021 until they moved him to guard. He was a great center. That yeah. Literally. And the only the reason they moved him to guard. Week. Only reason they moved him back to guard is because he was replacing a Pro Bowl center who got injured when they moved him to center. That's right. the only reason he went back. So yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. And yeah. I had even written in one of one of my articles about one of the picks is like, eh, I was kind of hoping we get a defensive lineman, but look at this guy. And yeah. they did address the defensive line later in the draft and in free agency. So yeah, exactly. And and I mean they could have gone with Jalen Carter, but again, uh, they didn't. It's like we were talking about before, you know, and we talked about two weeks on the podcast. What they did in the early 2010s is they built from back to front and they already got those. They it's the same exact thing they did. And and I know they're trying to reinvent the wheel, but they got Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett in free agency. Yeah. Warren Bennett, Bennett, but in free agency. And then this year they brought back Jaron Reed and Draymond Jones and they signed Draymond Jones. So they're doing the same thing. And then what they do, they built from back to front and Devin Witherspoon fits that. Exactly. They signed Julian Love. The secondary is a beast at this point. Secondary is lights out. If they can uh, get pressure on the quarterback, which they have uh, taken steps to make sure that happens. If they can control the run, which they took steps to make sure happens. Well, they got yeah. two linebackers who can't tackle on free agency. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they signed a safety who can't tackle on free agency. I mean, it's like they they addressed yes. it. They addressed everything they needed to address. And Witherspoon on in run support, I think he's gonna like it. And it's funny because Mike <laughs> Mike Salk and Brock Heward. Mike uh, Brock, of course, played football. Mike didn't. But, you know, I, I still respect him. But yeah, he yeah. kept saying, oh, you know, Witherspoon. But, you know, what happened? He's a smaller guy. What happens if Brock kept saying, it's technique, dude. Yeah. He knows when he can hit and when he doesn't. Exactly. It's like they're not robots out there. They're not AI. Yeah. Yeah, the dude will be uh, a beast and run support for sure. Because, like I said, he loves it. Yeah. And he's, and he's good at it. <laughs> so... Yeah, you you basically got a Richard Sherman who plays with um, a smaller Richard Sherman who plays with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. In the first round. Yeah, which is just like, and he does, and it's like, how did that happen? It's like, it's like yeah. pretty much acknowledged as the best overall cornerback in the draft, and it's like, but he still plays like that, which is amazing. So 
was one, the 20th pick. One catch for negative three yards in how many reps of playing press coverage last year? That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. And it's not because he's the biggest guy. It's because he doesn't. He, he's like Abe Lucas. He gets offended when you try to do anything against him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what it is. And and you wrote the the article on the second pick the Seahawks had from your Ohio State Buckeyes. Yes, my um, from the Ohio State University. Can we can we jump ahead just a second? How happy yeah. were you that they took Michigan guys? Uh, relatively happy, but I mean, but honestly, it's like if they weren't good fits for the Seahawks, then I wouldn't want them. You know, if Jalen Carter had been a Michigan guy, well, first place, he would have been dismissed, but. If he maybe, had, maybe I'm too much of a. If they took the kicker from Carolina in round one at pick five, I would have been ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> You're so insane. Yeah, I'm glad. I, yeah, I'm glad to see that they got it. And especially what, what what they did was get back to back, and the fact that both of them filled pretty critical needs for the team. That was like perfect place to get those players. So yeah, it was very cool. Uh, despite that, yeah, I'm pretty happy that they got JSN out of Ohio State. Like, eh, okay, Ohio State, whatever. Not the best track record when it comes to quarterbacks, although we, I think that's going to change this this year. But Ohio State has turned out some pretty good wide receivers year after year after year after year. Name and, one from the 22, 22 draft that turned out decent. <laughs> <laughs> but this dude... As you wrote, and as I wrote, I was like, he fits perfectly physically between Tyler Lockett and DK. And that's where he's going to play a lot, too, be, between them. It's like they needed a third wide receiver. They needed a they, – they've been looking. And I like Marquise Goodwin. He was And he was good last year. He was very good when last year. When he was year. healthy. Then that's the issue because he couldn't stay healthy, which kind of tracks with his whole career. So I was sad when he moved down in free agency. But everything points to this being an upgrade. Again, this he was picked as the best wide receiver in the draft by a lot of services. It's not just us saying this. And kind of looks that way because it set off. There's, there were three more wide receivers taken right after that. It's like <gasps> everyone realized, yeah. oh, my God, it started. We got to get our guy. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, two, two, in 2021, that's really the, the year you have to look at, right? Because right, right. I'm, I'm, I hate to say this, but I'm wondering, he had a hamstring injury last year and he only played three games. It makes you wonder if partly it was like, I really should have gone pro after 2021 if I could have. Maybe I shouldn't risk maybe. my and, – and I'm not saying that. But if, if I'm his age and I'm thinking, well, I could make millions right now. But if I risk myself to some kind of – really bad injury then i hurt how much i can make and i'm not saying that was the case but right. 217 he the bowl game yeah. so it was 17 or 17 catches for 300 and some i mean that's it's not a fluke because that was yeah. that was only the second game of 2021 where he had 70 catches it's like the guy can catch and he's going to only see one-on-one -on -one coverage and if and if he does, and if he's successful enough, especially early in the season, and it, against that one-on-one -on -one coverage, teams are going to be like, "Oh, we've got to." Well, then that only helps Tyler and DK, right? You know, and and let's go ahead and jump into. We'll skip Derek Hall because we'll get back to him in a minute. But a lot of people, the the make or break pick in this draft was was Zach Charbonnet, which we've already right. 
talked a little bit about. Right. Because what they did is they clearly went into the draft thinking rounds one and two, we're just going to pick talent at positions that we think have a little bit of need, but we're just getting the best player available at that time. And then the rest of the draft, we'll try to fill out with players we think are still good, but actually help the positions that need most help. So Zach Charbonnet was, again, if this is 40 years ago, Charbonnet is a first round pick. In this day and age, maybe he's a third-round pick. But they had to have a running back more than they had to have multiple running backs, and they got two. Yes, they did. DJ is okay, but he's not a, a, a he's not an every-down back. He's Kenneth not. Walker, the third, is fantastic. Um, but Charbonnet as a number two or number one, if if Walker gets hurt, the, the offense is better based on getting Charbonnet. And that's what you want. You take yep, you have a draft. Cool. Is the offense and defense better after this draft? Yes. 100%. They didn't get a center. They didn't get a guard early. You don't have to. They got Charbonnet. Maybe they didn't get a a nose tackle. They got one later. The same people who are complaining about the pick of Charbonnet at that position are the same people who are questioning Kenneth Walker. It's like you notice they've all shut up. Right. And it's going to be the same thing this year. It's like Charbonnet... Hopefully, Kenneth Walker is absolutely fine, plays 17 games. And Charbonnet comes in to spell him. Sometimes he's in with him. Charbonnet is a three-down back, man. It's like mm-hmm. he, can, he doesn't have breakaway speed, which is why he wasn't a first-round pick. Because if he did, if he did, he would have gone ahead of Robinson. That's the one That's, thing he doesn't did, have. Though. When Marshawn Lynch was being drafted, did he have break, breakaway speed? Right. I mean, it's the same exactly. kind of thing, right? Exactly. It's like, is it, but he's not slow. You know, no, he's, he's not going to win track meets, but he's going to win a lot of football games, and that's what we're looking at. You know, the guy can catch, the guy can block. I mean, he's a good receiver out of the backfield. He can block. He can get short yards, the tough yards. I mean. It, that's pick. that's the point. Yeah, he gets the tough yards, and that's exactly what they need on enough yeah. of failing on third and one and third and two. Yeah. They, he gets. I mean, Walker can do it, but Charbonnet's yeah, a bigger can. back. Right. Walker can do it, but Charbonnet is the bigger back. Charbonnet's like, and, okay, I'm through the line. Uh, I could go straight for the end zone, but I really kind of want to look for the guy to hit. So yeah. let me, you know, that's the kind of running back he is. Yeah, exactly. And like you said. Going into the draft, we had two running backs. Uh, that's not going to work. So it absolutely, absolutely works to pick up this guy. Yes, because you have two like, okay, high-end talents exactly. at one and two, and then you've got McIntosh who could start yeah. if needed. Exactly. Exactly right. So let's go back to Mr. Hall. Oh, one last thing, though, about about uh, Charbonnet is, like, we talked earlier about how they're looking for character. Like, the reason— I know, he's a terrible person. Terrible. The, yeah. He left, he, he left the University of Michigan to go to transfer and go back to the West Coast, UCLA. And it wasn't because the competition at Michigan was tough, because he had a great freshman year. It was because eh, one of his—his his sister is a special needs person, and he wanted to be close to home for her. And, like— I mean, giving yourself up for your family, that's just that's just being a bad human. I mean, it's like Jalen Carter-esque, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I can't wait until this kid, she's 16, I can't wait until she comes to her first Seahawks game. Cause, oh, yeah. 
because <laughs> I don't know if if you read the there was an article in the LA Times about that that situation, and she seems like such an incredible, fun, sweet kid. And it's like oh I posted God. it on the the Facebook of Twelfth Men Rising. After, yeah. after I actually got it from your Facebook because I had yeah. missed the article, and then I posted it on Twelfth Men. Yeah, because I was just looking to see. It's like, what were the circumstances? Why did he transfer? It's like, oh, for such a selfish reason. <laughs> like, leave a program that you've established yourself out, establish yourself out. Oh, see, I miss. I, I misread that whole article. The one <laughs> I saw just said, "Why did you transfer?" And it just says Harbaugh, and that's the article. <laughs> but yeah, Charbonnet is like that's an awesome addition. Uh, skipping back though to their first pick of this second round, uh, Derek Hall. They needed an edge rusher. Okay, Anderson was gone. Wilson, they could have gotten Wilson, but I'm glad they didn't because I'm much happier that they got Spoon. Dude, this dude is going to be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I love. If he had been night. on Alabama, he had he would have been first round pick, but he wasn't Auburn. Yeah, I mean that's basically what it boils down to. Yep. I mean, twelve tackles for loss, seven sacks. I mean, come on, man. Against uh, with a bad team in a chaotic yeah. situation as far as exactly. administration. I mean, the whole the whole sports administration thing yeah. in Auburn. So, I mean, if this guy had gone to a different school, like if he had gone to Alabama, uh-huh. he, maybe his numbers were the same, but you'd know a whole lot more about him. Right. But this this the, I like how NFL dot com just said will develop into a plus starter. That's yeah. all you got to say, plus starter. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it, it's funny because uh, the, the way those grades are are written on, on NFL.com and those projections of those, like, oh, could eventually develop into a starter, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they wrote the same thing about Cam Chancellor. <laughs> I was like, mm, okay. These, and these he didn't work still- out. I mean, so they were right about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. He's not starting in 2023, Cam Chancellor isn't. So they were right. It's quite true. He's not. <laughs> anyway, the third round, to be honest, the third round was... Third round was a beast. <laughs> and I was going to go the other way. Third round was a disaster. And, of course, <laughs> everyone knows. It's like there was no third round because they traded out. They traded back. Yeah, they, they traded back to get their uh, long-term starting right guard. Basically, yes. Yep, and pick up another draft pick next year, which could be their long-term quarterback. You never know. Well, that's a weird thing. They traded back for the with the Broncos, and I, yeah. I get moving back. So if I'm the Broncos, I'm thinking, I want to trade. I want to trade up a little bit in the third round. You're not trading up for the first round or the second round. So I want to trade up a little bit. I'm going to get a third rounder, and then I'll trade you a fourth rounder. But then they added the other third rounder. It's like you're in. Idiotic organization. What you should have done is just been like, okay, I want to give it. I'll give you this one in the fourth round, and maybe another fourth rounder, maybe fifth rounder. Another third rounder is just like trading third round. What? What are you thinking? <laughs> it's pretty crazy, right? <sighs> Very crazy. Like, okay, yes. thank you. Yes, we will do that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Thanks. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like when I was doing some of the mock drafts, because the computer is like, yeah, they're not going to take that. And every once in a while, there's like. Really? <laughs> Why would you? There must have been a glitch. It's like, yeah, I'll trade the fifth pick for the eighth and two twos and a, and a second round next year. It's like, uh, okay, fine. I'm happy with that. It's like, why did it take that? Anyway, uh, yeah, 
Another guard, another LSU guard at that. Specifically a right guard, which I think yeah. is important because yeah. people like to sell Damian Lewis down the road like he's awful. 11th highest rated guard, highest graded guard, and uh, according to Pro Football Focus last year. It's weird, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, he's terrible. Well, he's arguably your best offensive lineman in 2022. Yeah, you could easily make that argument, which is, I just don't understand why people are like, oh, he's no good. It's like, what what are you looking at? What have you been watching? The whole unit's terrible, so that's what they think. Uh, From left guard to right guard, they're bad. No, that's not not true. Maybe your center isn't, he's undersized, and he's not, he's probably a little old because of his size. And he's not good. And right guard's kind of a mess, even though Phil Haynes was better when he was yeah. in there. Yeah. But basically, you've you've signed your center, as we've said earlier. Evan Brown is going to be a good center. Yep. And then maybe Haynes starts, but I bet Bradford pushes him early in Bradford's career because Bradford's a beast of a guy. Yeah. And he yeah. is strong, and he's a perfect guard. He's he's not going to like. I don't have to worry about edge rushers. He's just going to maul you. Yep. So, exactly. Yeah, that, that's a and and the, to get him in the fourth round is awesome. I mean, like you wrote, it's like guards and centers. They're not you're going to go high typically. I mean, they have in the past, but typically they don't. So to get this guy in the fourth is is terrific. And Cameron Young, the what they did in the next pick is this flip of Bradford for yep. that. Exactly. That's exactly right. He's a big, chunky defensive tackle over 300 pounds. It's like yeah, he's not going to like get a lot of sacks most likely, but. Basically, he's Al Woods, except he's, what is he, 22 years old? Right. <laughs> so, like, gee, how 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 nice would it be to just have to send Al Woods back into uh, a time machine with the Avengers and bring him back when he's 22 years old and have him He's play. a bigger Puna Ford. Yeah. And, and again, to, they addressed their need. They needed an interior defensive line. They got him. It's like, is he, is he the best that came out? No, but at that at that position, yes, right. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and, he's... you know, and and like you said, it's like we already got Ramont Jones and Jaron Reed came back. It's like, oh my gosh, man! And right. they needed that big interior guy who can play at the nose if that's what they're going to run, or just an interior if they're going to occasionally swap out. And he's the guy, absolutely yeah. perfect. Absolutely he is... they needed. Everything I've seen about him is he's impossible to move off his spot, and that's all you want from an interior defensive lineman in the yeah. NFL, right? It's exactly. Okay. He can't be moved. I guess we'll try to run towards Reed or or Jones, or maybe we'll just get gobbled up by Wagner and Bush. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. That's. I mean, that's his job. I mean, those tackles are not made to. Well, if you get, I mean, there's that freak for the Dolphins, obviously, but if you get there's. What's that guy's name for the Dolphins who had like, I mean, he had like 100 tackles. He's just a freak. But if you have a nose tackle or defensive lineman who gets 100 tackles, something's wrong with your team. Yes. That guy's exactly chasing right. people downfield and tackling them. Yeah. There's an issue for sure. That's what um, we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Then we got the two guys from Michigan. Um, back, one is a bigger Wolverines. defensive end. Say yeah. that again? Yeah. Back to back Wolverines. Yeah. Mike Morris is like uh, really, really. Nice move. Uh, like I said, 275, and probably will get even bigger. But I mean, that's he. I mean, even just look at his profile picture. Everyone else is like, ah, oh, they look happy. Like he just looks like he's ready to eat somebody. Yeah, like Derek <laughs> Derek Hall's profile photo, or or the photos you can see of him where he's like 
literally trying to mash the football. It's like, okay. <laughs> and actually, somebody was saying that on the Seattle Sports. They were like, you know, a lot of these guys they got early on, Witherspoon, um, uh, Bradford, and, and Morris, um, yeah. and Hall, a lot of those, they just want to play football. And that's what you want, right? You want guys who just are like out there. They just want to play football. Maulers, smashers, whatever you want to put it. I mean, that's what, and they got a, I mean, that's basically what they got with every pick, really. That's what you get down to it. Do you like the center they took? They I could definitely have gone like with the, the Ohio State guy. But. Yeah, they could have gone with Wipler or Whipler, however you pronounce his name. I don't care because he's from the Ohio State, so he's, right. he matters not to me. Yeah, I do like it. Uh, you know, I was hoping they could have gotten. Uh, Mike Webster, Mike Webster, young Mike Webster, Mike Webster, or Dwight Stevenson, that would have been good. But uh, overrated. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. That's a joke. But but whether you call him Olu or Olusugan or Victor, as he uh, as he's listed in uh, for some reason in one of the stats sites, uh, maybe that's. I, I assume I assume he goes by Victor. Tim Burton going through my head for some reason. Somewhere, but yeah, it's just like. They they needed a center. Again, they I have a center, but they needed another center. They got a center, so I, I do like the pick. Like he he did win the Remington yeah. Trophy as the best center in the in the nation, and it's not just because it's like oh he's another piece that they plugged into what was already a great offensive line because they won the group award as the best offensive line. He was a finalist the year before as a junior, not with Michigan. So yeah, this guy. This guy can play. And, and as opposed to Joey Hunt, who they had as a backup center for years, he's big. It's not yeah. like he's an undersized center. Yeah, exactly. So, and again, it's like, was he the best center in the draft? No. But in the fifth round, like, dude. Yeah. Perfect. Where you want to take a center. Um, and we've talked about McIntosh in the seventh round, and the sixth round pick was Jarek Reed, uh, the second from New Mexico, who will probably be more of a special teamer. They don't really need a safety, which is what right. he is. But again, he's kind of a thumper, too. He seems to just like that. Exactly. Exactly right, which is like perfect for special teams. And if something happens, it's like, okay, you got a guy who should be able to step in. And we've got to talk just a little bit more about Macintosh. It's like, oh, my gosh. For the seventh round, uh, what do you have, like 49 catches last year? It's like he's a, yeah. he can run in short yardage. He's a good blocker. It's like he's very versatile, like an Apple computer should be. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, and again, he played in a in the SEC, yep. so he plays AAA NFL football basically, right? And yeah, and he's well coached. Um, I mean, the Georgia puts out good running backs. You know, maybe their quarterbacks. Either the Rams took Stetson Bennett, and I wrote an article about that. Like. Okay, they can be idiots if they want. But the, <laughs> I haven't read the article, but yeah, I knew that, and I will because I am interested in it. But when I saw that pick, it's like, oh my gosh, you got to be. Was, I mean, to my two nieces who matriculated at the University of Georgia and got their masters there, uh, I know you love, I know you love that uh, little sawed-off quarterback. But <laughs> that's not the issue with him. Is it's, it's not his lack of size. It's his Actual lack of talent. He's okay. Yeah, in my article, I say he's the Trent Dilfer of college football. <laughs> Couldn't be more accurate. I'm like, yeah. 
But but Macintosh, yeah, DeAndre Swift to the Lions for some reason chose a running back and then traded Swift yeah. and to the Eagles. Uh, good grief. Yeah, um, seriously. The Eagles are like, yeah, okay, we paid billions of dollars to the NFL to be able to accumulate talent. You know, we really need one other guy that since we paid all that billion dollars to get the talent. I guess we can try to get Swift. Let's see if the NFL allows us to do that. Okay, we got Swift now. Oh, my God. Seriously. The Eagles, it's like ridiculous. It's, oh, yeah. And they had a great draft. And the Texans had a yeah. great draft. But uh, the Texans honestly, should have just stopped picking after the first three picks. Oh my they would gosh. have had a great draft. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think uh, they've lobotomized all the people who used to be running the organization because, wow. Uh, that being said, I still think uh, the Seahawks, uh, legit, I think the Seahawks had the best draft. Yeah, man, they had a great and, – and again, halfway through the draft, a lot of 12s were like, mm, I like the first two maybe, but a cornerback really, mm, and then a running back. Mm. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay. Well, gosh, they addressed every need with yes. talent. Exactly. Um, so I guess we will uh, we will go into our Rob Gordons, um, which usually take three to four hours to so sit back, grab yourself a drink. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we will be right Settle back in. after this pause for, for dead air. <laughs> well, you didn't let us pause very long, Todd. I don't know. No, I know. I may apologize. Yeah, um, so our Rob Gordons this week are... The are five fun. best death metal bands of all time. That's what you've got, right? One one week we should... It's not. That's not <laughs> what it is. Let's do that. Let's, let's, let's do that. Have different Rob Gordons. Let's just lie about it. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like we didn't. So we always obviously communicate because otherwise, how would we end up on the same Rob Gordons every week? That would be weird. Well, one week we should just be like, oh, the same show. different Rob Gordons. Yeah. Different Rob Gordons. It's like one, and it'll be like, uh, well, that would be good. Best, best, best uh, Scandinavian uh, speed metal bands, and the other one is best baked goods. That's right. Best baked goods baked by an albino chef. Um, so our, uh, Rob Gordon's this week are five favorite football players ever. And it could be XFL. It could be uh, Canadian Football League. Uh, see, he's lying again. It's NFL only. Um, are, you, are yours in any particular well, it's order? It's kind of weird, though, right? Because all the NFL players would have played college football. You don't skip it, right? Yeah, but I actually would have had like a couple players on my college. If it was college list, I would have a couple players on the college list that I wouldn't have on the NFL list. But if if they're a good college player and they don't end up in NFL, that just means they're not any good. But they were good in college. That just means they're not good. It's just it's just like the baked goods, man. It's just like the baked goods. Uh, I mean, you can you can have a croissant or a cronut, and or you could have a cronut. <laughs> And cronuts were a thing. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I have a, 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 you know what cronuts are, right? People yeah, yeah, yeah. listening are cronuts. So um, when we were in New York, probably ten years ago, I guess, or whatever. This this goes to show when my liberalism. Probably what's that? When cronuts were a thing, ten years ago. Yeah, this probably goes to show my liberalism or something. But um, you know, because well, I'm a I'm a southerner, and all oh, this person's offering me a cronut. I don't know where his cronut's been. So we went to <laughs> we were in Brooklyn at, at a, a bakery where they had fantastic cronuts re- reputedly, and um, so 
so I, we went there and they were out of a certain flavor or something or, or something or they were closed or whatever. So we sat at a table right outside the, the restaurant among other places to shop and eat. Um, and this family sat down with, uh, it was a, it was a Islamic family and we were at a table, like a picnic table. And they sat next to us because it's New York and you have to just sit wherever you can. Right, right. And we were like, oh, we were eating something. But they had two boxes of cronuts, right? Uh. They were in the same kind of like containers that you would get. It didn't it didn't say Dunkin' Donuts, but the, that kind of container. Yeah. But anyway, we were sitting there and, and they looked at me and they were like, oh, have you tried the cronuts here? And I and I said, no, we were, you know, blah. They were like, oh, these are really, really good. And they just gave us a whole box. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and we tried them and they were fantastic. And I was very, very appreciative of that, you know, cause I had my, my daughter who was very young at the time and she had one, she loved it. Um, they loved it. And, um, but did it you, was just, did you flash your gun at them? Is that what it was? Well, Is that's that the thing, did? right? Like you, you have nowadays, it's like, Oh, it's like, Oh, who's this person? They probably got something else in the box and they're fucking cronuts. Right. And this, <laughs> these people were nice enough to offer us a whole box of cronuts. So nice. whenever you think, oh, this person's black or this person's Jewish, or as they say in Letterkenny, the juice kid, um, or something else, I do do that. It's kind of funny, but yeah, it's in context. But I mean, just people are like, okay, this person's bad because of this or they're that. Yeah. Maybe maybe go outside yourself and think there's good hey. people. It's like Huey Lewis said about music, right? There's good music and there's bad music. That's the only type of music I know. There's two kinds of music. There's only two kinds of people. There's good people and bad people. So. Well, actually, the other way to look at it is there's people with cronuts and people who don't have cronuts. Yeah, but the the bad people don't have cronuts. There you go. That's, or that's they don't the offer you their cronuts. That's true. They don't offer you their cronuts. Or they don't recognize the value of cronuts. Oh, see, I didn't bring that up. So. That's our show. <laughs> Five favorite cronuts. Well, <laughs> five favorite cronuts. Chocolate crusted coconut cronuts. Um, Sounds really good. Chocolate crusted. Ew, gross. I will start off because fantastic. this was your category and you will finish with your first. So this is more or less in order. So I'm going to start off with my number five favorite NFL player ever would be the immortal Barry Sanders. Uh, uh, you know, just go to YouTube and just look. I mean, that's I mean, that's all I have to say. I mean, this guy was just second it, teamer it, behind inc- Chris Carson in college. Incredible, incredible, incredible skill on this running back. I, I just realized that some people might not actually know who Barry Sanders was. So running back for the Lions, and he played on horrible teams. And all I can think of is just would they have ever won a game at all during his entire career? during those years, if he had not been with the Lions? Probably not. They probably would have gone... He was the Megatron of his day in Detroit. Probably would have gone 0 in 140. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, the guy was just phenomenal. And yes, you will see some plays where he ran backwards to get his lane and actually got tackled. So he got tackled for a loss on a few too many occasions. But I think he more than made up for the fact that he would run 916 yards to pick up 37 and score. Do you, so, do you think he ran backwards, though, because he thought, I saw I saw a guy do this in Tecmo Bowl, and it worked. <laughs> I, think he, I think he did. Uh, Barry Sanders in Tecmo Bowl, that's pretty, that would have been pretty sweet. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? That would have been better than the guy that is not on my list, who if it was college would have been on my list. But uh, 
Yeah, Tecmo Bowl. We all know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Barry Sanders is absolutely phenomenal and quite a lovely person as well. And retired with a lot of gas in the tank because I think there was a shortage at the time, so he was worried. So. <laughs> yeah, because he quit on his team. So number five, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm totally joking about that. So number number five for me, I'm just going to go ahead and get this one out of the way. A local guy, T. Higgins, currently plays for the Bengals early in his career and will be mega paid somewhere else. Hope maybe with the Bengals. Um, I, I know his mom, know his aunt. T is just a downright good human being. Um, there's actually something on YouTube. Uh, it's like five minutes long, just about him growing up in Oak Ridge. I will say his, his growing up in Oak Ridge, Tennessee versus my experience growing up completely different. So it goes to show you how different it can be even if you're just four yeah. miles from a person. Um, yeah, literally. But I just, I, the guy's a humble guy. His family is fantastic. He's a great player. I love watching him play because he plays with a joy. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the local guy first. Number five for me, T. Higgins. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. You probably uh, know his mom. I'm sure you've run into his mom and his aunt over, you know, when you were in Oak Ridge. Yeah, probably. I'm sure we all showed up at the video hut. Yeah, probably did. Uh, my number, I could actually probably go back and pull the records and see what they were. <laughs> uh, anyway. There's a Whitney uh, Houston on here, but there's no. <laughs> my number four, and I really struggled with this, but I'm going to go with uh, Dan Marino. As I struggled with it, it's like, I'm not, that, this was the guy I was waffling on, which I might might seem odd because Dolphins fan. Oh, Dolphin. Oh, Dolphins that's fan. right. He played for the Dolphins. I was thinking of him in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to say he was the best quarterback ever because there's more to being a quarterback than throwing the football. But as far as passing the football, as far as moving it from your hand to another person's hands who is not next to you, absolutely the best ever has been. I mean, if this guy was playing in today's rules – what would he have, 8,000 yards a season? I mean, he was uh, like Dan Fouts light. <laughs> no, it's I, I, I agree with you because I was I, I was not a I didn't dislike the Dolphins growing up. Right. I just they were just they were just what they were. Yeah, just another team. But, right. But Marino was just he was like it, I'm trying to think of something that would a guy who never he was like Charles Barkley. Right. Phenomenal player. Yeah. Should have won a championship. If Marino yeah. had been on the 49ers teams, he would have won four championships. Yeah. Right? But it was just he he played on it. His teams had issues. They didn't either have a running game or they didn't have a defense. But he was That's a guy you, you exactly feared. Exactly right. Um, and, and, yeah, I – I because I thought – because I was a – well. His, his, his best running back in his entire career probably was Delvin Williams. Actually, I mean, the, the best running back he ever had was Mercury Morris, who he met in the hallway – <laughs> that's about it uh they they never had a running game they didn't have a good defense the entire time he was there they had a decent defense at their best years but then they didn't have the lights out defenses that they typically had so but you know almost like a flick of the wrist it's like oh the ball's 60 yards downfield yeah. and it's right right and then hit this he'll hit the cap off a milk bottle i mean just phenomenal accuracy speed Yep. Uh, he, he was the, like the uh, he, spike play against the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. He was he was like Will Levis, except he had a brain. Very much so. 
very much so. Hold on. And I don't, were you still talking the whole time? <laughs> just just so you can have something to listen to. Oh, you gotcha. can this. <laughs> I was like, I had, I had to pee. I was not going to hold it. <laughs> that, that part you got to leave in. Heard the Eagles, and I was like, crap, we get from Dan Marino to the Eagles. <laughs> so, okay, I'll, I'll. Yeah, you're number four. Yeah, let me pause for a minute. That way it's easier to find. Um, all right, cool. Uh, so my number four is almost almost started to go into something with Marino against the the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and I was a yeah. big 49ers fan at that time. Oh, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So, um, but num- my number four, it's, it's weird to say as a Seahawks fan now, but yeah. that, this was literally 40 years ago, or eh, a little less than 40 years, almost that. My Four and three are both 49ers, so I apologize for anybody listening that's currently at 12. Um, you'll be happy with the first two, but four and three are 49ers, former 49ers, not current 49ers. That would be weird. But my number four, I almost flip-flopped this, but my number four is is Jerry Rice. Um, okay. Also played at Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's a joke. He actually couldn't play further away from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Mississippi really? Valley State, right? Yeah. Um, it's It's how good is Jerry Rice that even in that day and age when you didn't have all the social media and stuff that you do nowadays where it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that guy from Ashland uh, College, you know, he's great. And this is he, this guy played at Mississippi Valley State and he yep. was still a first round pick. That tells you how good he was. Right. And then he ended up being OK in the NFL um, <laughs> and, and was a Seahawk for a season. So I guess I can get into that. But just this guy didn't have he wasn't. Tyreek Hill when it came to Tyreek Hill when it came to speed, right? Nobody in the history of the league knew how to get open better than this guy. And exactly. nobody was a smarter receiver than Jerry Rice. And it, I mean, he did things that most human beings can't do, but not even with as much talent as some of the first round picks that we have. So that's number four for me. Yeah, did did he have breakaway speed? Mm, not, not really. I mean, he was capable of being fast, but that wasn't his thing. But that wasn't right, and and, that, and which points up the whole thing is like, do you have to be the face, fastest player on the field to be the best player on the field? Nope, you do not. Absolutely not. Yeah, a phenomenal player. Uh, for my number, I was very curious because I knew you were going to have a couple 49ers. I wasn't sure which. 49ers you're going to have. Uh, for mine, I'm going to jump into for my number three. I'm going to join the Seahawks for this one. And my number three is uh, the man who uh, created the Beast Quake. Uh, only half for what he did on the field. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was a phenomenal, phenomenal player, as, as anyone listening to this knows. But the other half is for, it, is for who he is as a person. But both when he was with the Seahawks and even now. I mean, the guy is an absolute joy to watch, to listen to. Uh, Football is a game. I know it's a business, but it's a game. And I don't know that anybody ever had more fun playing that game than Marshawn Lynch. Uh, Or care about younger players, as you kind of hit on. Exactly. I mean, you know, this guy, how often has this – I mean – I don't know if he still has that role, but the NFL hired him specifically as a liaison to work with players coming into the league so that they would not blow their contract money. 
so that they would Chickies. live appropriately. Yeah, I got it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. And I'm laughing because he's so fun to listen to. It's like the, the only people who didn't enjoy seeing Marshawn Lynch were people who were trying to tackle him because all they saw were, were like eh, probably his cleats. Uh, just so much. I mean, I mean, it just literally makes me smile just to think of seeing Marshawn Lynch playing. This is, yep. this is just awesome player. Awesome and, and human being. Yeah. Lynch is my, I, I, he's my number two. So, yeah. so old. I, and there wasn't anything I could add on uh, other than what I, the short thing I said when you we were talk, talking, I agree with the reason he's my number two is everything you said. Yeah, Literally. Just, it's like he was fantastic and fun to watch and productive on the football field. But off the field, he, you know, what did he do? He, instead of spending all his salary, right, on the, on his, on himself or whatever, he saved that, right, and just yeah. used his endorsement money and then put all his money into beast mode and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So number three for me is, again, no, another 49er. Uh, number two for me is a Seahawk, beast mode. But number three for me is not Joe Montana. It's actually Steve Young. And ah, partly – yeah, partly it's because, um, again, it's kind of the Marino effect. I'm not saying he's as good as Marino. They're they're both great. I mean, the, yeah, yeah. If if the Dolphins had had Steve Young when he wasn't with the Buccaneers, they would have been fine. Steve Young wasn't yes. the issue with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers were the issue, right? So, um, but he's he's left-handed and I'm left-handed. So that that was when I was watching football in the early '90s. Um, you know, it was a big, um, I, I like left-handers because there's few of us out there. And when they're yeah. high end, I like that. So Rafa Nadal is not my favorite tennis player, but one reason I really like him, he's left-handed, yeah. but, um, Steve Young, it, it's funny cause he took over from Joe Montana, right? And, and I like Joe Montana a lot too, but he took over and they didn't miss a beat because the court, no, it, it it's the joke I make about. Nirvana, right? It's like, yeah, you know, they're okay. Band number one guys, Cobain. Number two guys, Dave Grohl. That's the 49ers, right? When they have Joe Montana yeah. and Steve Young as a backup. I mean, it's just a phenomenal pairing. But Steve Young is he? He made the Hall of Fame, and really, he didn't have that long of a career because he didn't have to get to play a, lot, a whole lot because of Montana. But fantastic quarterback, could run, could throw. He would fit in today's systems. Oh my God! Extremely well. Yeah, absolutely, he would. Uh, I'm shocked you didn't go with Ronnie Lott, and that's actually who I was flipping with, with Dan about Marino it. about. I don't like Jets. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump to my number one because I think my number two is your number one. So I'm going to go to – I know that's very confusing. I'm confused myself. So my number one is Larry Zonka. Um, okay. Brutal. Absolutely. Funny you went with Zonka. I almost put Rocky Blyer on this list. <laughs> Seriously, because I was a big Steelers fan. When I was uh, yeah, there you seven. go. Uh, Larry Zonka fullbacks. played fullback. Yeah, fullback when fullbacks actually had jobs in the NFL, let alone got the ball. Uh, Larry Zonka is a prototypical fullback, like big guy, brutal power, didn't have the speed of Marshawn, uh, but actually had – it almost sounds like sacrilege, but had more power than Marshawn, which is hard to believe. But this this and this guy, like 
you said. It's like he would literally look for the player to hit. That might not be the smartest thing to do. You might look for the opening. But I was like, no, I want to plow that linebacker over. It's like, oh, look, there's a nose tackle. Let me see if I can crush him. And he would routinely, routinely do this. And just like Marshawn is like an immense love for the game. Uh, he can tell how much he loved the game because he look at his nose and it's like he broke his nose like 18 <laughs> times a game. It's like it's it's like a map of the Mississippi River. Turns so much, but just a, an amazing player, super fun a player to watch. And you know that's when because I'm ancient, that was the team I followed when I was in high school. And he was they had a lot of stars, but to me he was the guy that actually made that team go. Phenomenal player. But again, that is my number one. Let's jump to your number two. My number one. No, my number, number two was Beast Mode. So my number, your number one. two was Beast Mode. That's right. So your number one. So um, yeah, let me do my number. No, you do your number one because I think it's the same guy I have for two. Okay. Uh, it is, of course, Tyler Ott. No. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, assuming that's who you have at number two. Now, I, just to jump on the Zonka, it, I. NFL has changed in a lot of different ways, yeah. right? Over the last four or five decades, six decades, how old are we? Um, but it's it, nothing has changed more than the running back. Because you look at yes. Zonka, you look at John Riggins, yeah. you look at even Christian Okoye, right? Those right. guys aren't playing today. No, they're not. It's just crazy. And they're all extremely productive and help their teams yeah. win. And if, now it's if, like. If they are, they're, they're edge rushers. Yeah, or, or tight, linebackers. Or, tight ends. or yeah. linebackers. Yeah. Or, or mean, tight ends, yeah. Yeah, they're just I, or I, cards. Miss, I miss the days when they would have two running backs and one of them would get the ball and you weren't sure which one was going to get it. It's like <laughs> like mentioned Rocky Blyer. Like, and, and why do they not do that closer to goal lines? Yeah, it just makes no. sense, right? You don't know. It's like, okay. Seems like a Well, we know this one tailback's getting the ball. <laughs> but if you have a, a fullback, it's like just yeah. follow the fullback or like you said give short give it to the fullback. I mean, if yeah. he gets stuff, run it again or do something else. But it's like yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. Or just go almost go wishbone. Have two. Have one guy. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's just crazy because you think, oh, I got Nick Ballore on the Seahawks team. You know, so randomly they'll use him as a full. Why would you not use Nick Ballore right. as a fullback, a goal line situation? Or use some guy who's just like. Man, I know the guy following me is going to get the ball, but I'm just going to crush your ass when I run through this line. Yeah. And that's what they did. That's what John John Riggins was the same way as Zonka, right? And I wasn't a Redskins fan. I hated the commanders John Riggins. Now, but they were called John the Redskins Riggins then. For, for that, yeah. But he, the guy, lived and ate football, right? Yeah, and he exactly. did, would dole out punishment. But yeah. and, 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 I mean, you have him with the, the Mohawk. I mean, that's the kind of guys they were. And that's kind of what you want now, to me, near the goal line when you've got those yeah. big guys who are like, I'm, I'm just aiming for somebody. That's mm-hmm. my job. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Going to knock them backwards and score. Anyway. Yeah. Number one for me, maybe number two for you, is uh, Michael Bennett. Is that who you have for number two? It's not, actually. Oh, I'll go with number two then. Well, in that case, I'll go with number. My number two is Cam Chancellor. You know, we thought that I almost had Cam on this, and I wanted to, and I was like, "Oh yeah, same thing, right?" Cam Chancellor. uh, Oh my God, talk about. You mean Derek Hall, right? They, I think they're one and the same. (laughs) 
talk about a guy who would just like seek someone out. We were talking before earlier, like about six hours ago when we started the podcast about how the the uh, write up for him was like eh, backup has a chance to become a, a, a decent starter. As a, it was like he was graded at like a C level. It was like and it's like okay, he's going to have to move from free safety. On the high end. That was the one part they got right. Is he did move from free safety. That's true. Uh, but it's just oh, he's not fast enough. He's not good in coverage. It's like oh, what are you looking at? <laughs> uh, uh, what was it? He is a uh, at best a special teamer and at but, uh, and when he helps defensively, he's basically like a backup linebacker. Yeah. Which he was basically a linebacker, except not a backup linebacker. He was basically, arguably, he was one of the best linebackers in the league, except he was a safety. <laughs> so. Yeah, when he hits uh, in the Super Bowl and he hits the receiver coming over the middle and just crunches him. And then after the game, and the game like, was over. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "What's the biggest thing about the game that surprised you?" And he said, "They stopped coming over the middle, which was their offense." Right. It's like they we come over the middle, we're going to get crunched yep. by Chancellor or heck, even ET or Richard yep. Sherman. Yep, exactly. But Chancellor is just—I mean, I don't really think he played with with like to to me like Marshawn Lynch played with like joy and abandonment. Chancellor played with like fury. On the field, an amazing constantly looking person. for Vernon Davis. <laughs> Vernon Davis is still looking for Cam Chancellor. Um, like you know, they're, they're not even playing like, the 49ers. And, and, and before the game came, Chancellor was like, "Just tell me who the Vernon Davis is on this team." And <laughs> you know that guy wakes up and just like kind of like <clears throat> flinches because he sees his, he sees him coming. Like <sighs> Cam yep. Chancellor is an absolute beast. On the field and an amazing person off the field. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and there are so many of the Seahawks, honestly. Because Pete <laughs> welcomes them back. And that exactly. to me is one exactly. huge reason I'm a fan of the organization is because they, oh, oh Sherman, he, he mouths off and stuff like, well, guess who a cornerback is, former cornerback that's coming back. Definitely going to come back and help Witherspoon. Can I think you, you imagine? Out. <laughs> imagine it's like, I mean, I know how Richard Sherman feels about it because I saw what he said on Twitter. It's like, I mean, you know, his eyes just lit up. It's like, oh, my God, I get another one to work with. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yep. goodness. Yeah, it was one of the uh, Michael Bumpus who does uh, played football for a bit. Yeah. He does a Seattle show. He's like, I can't wait till, um, you know, training camp starts. And you've got Witherspoon on one side covering DK on the other side and just hearing the conversations. Because oh you know they're going to be mouthing off. Oh, absolutely. But it's like, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. And Spoon was Spoon even talked about that. He was just as like that. He's really looking forward to, to. I mean, I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to to shoot him down. But it was just he was really looking forward to the, to how challenging it was going to be. And, and I'm yeah. sure Tyler Lockett's thinking it's like, you want a challenge? It's like you're going to get one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's like good luck. Good. I mean, yeah, DK obviously a physical challenge, but it's like, yeah, good luck keeping Tyler from catching the ball, buddy. Yeah, we're really gonna see what you can do. Anyway, uh, yeah. you're number, number one. Number one again is Michael Bennett. Um, again, he, he came to he was an undrafted free agent out of college. Uh, went to the Buccaneers. Was really good. Went yep. to the Seahawks in the early 2010s, 2013 season. Helped transform the defensive line along with Cliff Averill and turn them into a uh, a Super Bowl champion and was great for many years made pro bowls. I just like how there's a few things. I like how outspoken he is outspokenly. Yeah. 
opinionated but outspokenly funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sherman's more like direct. I'm opinionated. Bennett it tinges it with some some humor to right. it, and, and it's still biting humor. But I just love his intellect because he's a smart player. Both he and his brother are smart players, right? Yeah. But just the he also was out there a hundred percent. Always gave a hundred percent on the football field. Would never take plays off. Um, but just on the field loved you know that he was an undersized defensive lineman but but found a way to develop into pass rush moves found a way to develop his run stopping moves made himself a better player and to me he's like he's what human beings should be he's like okay i i know i'm not this talented compared to other people this is how i make myself better than other people exactly constantly i mean he isn't he going to like architecture school right now I, th- I think uh, I actually, mean, I think he he owns New York now, so he put out <laughs> buildings. No, but he is, I did see, see something recently. He's studying with a uh, with a, a master designer, and it's about incorporating green spaces and and better environmental building uh, methods, which is like I'm like, of course he is. Yeah. Uh, and and again, like. Pointed out, this is why he wasn't drafted. Because so often you'll see, us, oh, he's kind of a tweener. We don't know if he'll fit here or there. And it's like he's the classic example of that. That's why he didn't get drafted. Because it's like he's not big enough to be a tackle, not fast enough to be an end. You know, it's like, but he was clearly. Yeah, L.J. Collier was taken in the first round, thinking, oh, maybe he'll be the next Michael Bennett. The yeah. difference is Bennett worked his ass off to yeah. do what he wanted, and on and off the field again. And you may not like what he says. You don't have to. That's the thing. It, I may be a fan of yeah. David Bowie. Do I agree with everything? Well, it's a bad example. Cause it's probably, yes, is the answer. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to, to Morrissey, right? Like I'm a huge yeah. Smiths fan and Morrissey's music. Do I agree with everything he says? Non music? No way. But it's like, I still respect the guy and, and you can do that too. I mean, it's, he never stopped working and he still hasn't stopped working. And he, his book is great. It's funny. Um, but the, the the one thing about Bennett, too, versus some other players that have left, he didn't leave because of an issue with Russell Wilson. That was not the issue. It, he was mouthy in the in the locker room, but he was never disrespectful to the locker room where Errol Thomas was. And, and so that's one reason. Another reason that I, I like uh, Michael Bennett. That's why one one reason he's my favorite player he plays for my favorite team and he was a great player but he also worked his ass off to get to where he was that indeed he did and mentioned collier just just to say is like that's not to say that collier also wasn't working to improve i, I don't know that he was i don't Didn't know that he was like he was yeah. but he didn't get the results and and bennett did. well i think that's one reason he didn't play is he wasn't working hard enough he did he did have a lot of uh healthy scratches that's for sure in his career a lot and Michael Bennett certainly didn't. So anyway, that's our that's our show, our long show. But it was about the draft. So we'll be back. Actually, we will not be we'll recording be, this next Sunday. Just how we'll the back. sausage is made. I will be in Atlanta post Mastodon Gojira concert. So um, so we'll be back and start a training camp in July. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Um, no, we'll we'll figure out a way. Of, of doing what we do, but um, appreciate we'll you listening. The way Michael Bennett does, we'll make it work. We'll make it happen, Captain. Well, I mean, uh, you know, you can, you can 
Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do. You can uh, you can let, do stuff. You can let, take the Marshawn Lynch and uh, Michael Bennett take over next. Yeah, you can take. Oh, the, gee, take... I wonder. I wonder what would happening to the to the audience. Do you think it would go up if? Uh... <laughs> yeah. It's only going to increase our revenue. Why are you the worst? 